Lord, thank you so much already. You're here. We feel your presence and your touch. And God, now as we open your word, we ask, Lord, that you would bless it, God, that you would speak to us. Lord, that you would move in us and upon us, Lord, and that your spirit would come and fill us to an overflowing God. Lord, give us an overflowing cup this morning. God, we want more of you. We want more of, of your power, Lord, of, of your actual, Lord, you, your presence in us today. And I ask, God, that you fill this room, Lord, even more so, Lord, with the sense, God, that you are right here among us, Lord, right here with us. And so, Jesus, we call out to you and ask that you would bless your word, anoint it with your spirit, and we ask this in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. Well, the pastor had just preached on the spiritual gifts, and after the service, a woman came up to him to say, Pastor, that was a good message on the Holy Spirit and his gifts. I want to tell you, Pastor, I believe I have the gift of criticism. How do you like that one? Well, before she could go on, the, the pastor interrupted her and said, let me ask you something. Do you remember the person in Jesus' parable who only had one talent? Do you remember what he did with that? Sure, said this woman. He went and buried it. So with a big smile, the pastor then suggested, go and do likewise. <laughs> I like that. Well, Sometimes we can be confused like this woman. I mean, that is not a gift of the Holy Spirit. But what are the gifts of the Holy Spirit? Well, today we're going to go over nine of the gifts mentioned in the Bible. There's several in Ephesians, Romans. There's some count even up to 20. But today we're going to go over nine of them as we return back to our study in the book of 1 Corinthians. Remember, Paul, the Apostle Paul he continues now to write the Corinthian believers there to clarify the confusion on what the spiritual gifts are and what they're really for. So to this morning, we are coming back, continuing of what we started last week. So the title is The, whole, the Gifts of the Holy Spirit, Part 2. Last time it was part one, so we're going to continue on here. The, the gifts of the Holy Spirit, part two. Now, last time we studied uh, 1 Corinthians up until verse 7. Now we're going to pick it up at verse 8 and finish off to verse 11. So it will be 1 Corinthians 12 from verse 8 through 11, the gifts of the Holy Spirit, part two. Now remember last time, if you're here, if you weren't, you know, I really encourage you to grab a CD because this is really a two-parter here and you can get the first part. I'm going to give a little review, but, but really, if you can grab the CD afterwards, that'll be great. But last time, you remember, we covered in our outline, we had three, three headings. Number one, the real experience. Number two, the real source and the real manifestations. So last time we covered the real experience, we covered the real source and part of the real manifestations. So today we're going to finish up that section which is from verse 8 through 11 and we're going to go through these gifts that Paul listed here in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. So let's come back now to number three in our outline, the real manifestations. The real manifestations. Now, let's first read over this list here in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 from verse 8 through 10. And we'll get to 11 later. So take a look here from verse 8. It says, For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, to another the word of knowledge through the Spirit, to another faith by the same spirit to another gifts of healings by the same spirit to another verse 10 the working of miracles to another prophecy to another discerning of spirits to another different kinds of tongues to another the interpretation of tongues so we'll stop right there and we're going to take a look of each take a look at each one of these gifts now okay as we come into this list just to back up a little little bit just so we get our understanding we remember what's been going on from the beginning of the chapter remember Paul wrote the Corinthian believers here to not misunderstand the gifts last time we saw how the apostle Paul began this section with verse 1 saying now concerning 
The spiritual gifts, brethren, I do not want you to be ignorant, right? And we learn. I don't want you to misunderstand here. I want to clarify some things concerning the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And the reason why, remember we, were lear we learned, the reason why Paul is dealing with some misuse of the gifts, some abuse of the spiritual gifts. And remember in the worship service, it was just totally chaotic, totally out of control. And it even looked like, as we learned, it looked like the, the pagan rituals that they did in the temple back then. Well, this did not honor God. This is not what worship is about. This did not glorify God. So we saw back in number one in our outline, the real experience, we saw how with the Holy Spirit, right, uh, the Holy Spirit will never disrespect Jesus but honor him as the Lord. That was our, our point back then, if you remember your notes. So the real experience, the real experience with the Holy Spirit will never disrespect Jesus, but will honor him as Lord God. Remember I quoted to you John 16, 14 when Jesus said, He, that's the Holy Spirit, will glorify me for he will take what is mine and declare it to you. So the Holy Spirit is always going to honor, glorify Jesus Christ. It's not going to uh, disrespect him or dishonor him at all. And then we went on number two in our outline, the real source. And we talked about how the real source of the different spiritual gifts is not from us but from the miracle working power of God you remember in our lives it's the Holy Spirit it's God it's we saw the Trinity didn't we we saw the Holy Spirit the Lord and God the Father there I like something I came across by a chat Shalader, he said, the gift of the Holy Spirit made the apostles at home with the miraculous. I love that thought because that's what happened with them. That's when the Holy Spirit came upon them, miracles started to happen. It was the power of God in their lives. So along with this, remember we learned, right, four things about our gifts and the Holy Spirit. We learned four things. And, and I'm reviewing this too. If you didn't make it last week, then you could kind of get settled and kind of understand as we get into these gifts. But we learned four things. And first of all, the gifts are given, not earned. Remember that? The gifts are given, not earned. Matter of fact, the word gift or gifts here in the Bible is the Greek word charisma. And many times in the New Testament, the Greek word charisma is translated grace as grace. So it's the grace of the Holy Spirit. It's, it, it, it's, we know grace is a gift, right? So these gifts is given by grace, nothing that we have earned at all. The second thing we had learned that the, the gifts are not a talent. It's not some natural ability, but it's supernatural. It's God. It's his ability. It's his supernatural work upon us. It's not something we're born with. It's not some talent because people who are saved or unsaved could have a, a, some sort of talent or ability that they're really good at. But when you're saved, when you're a believer, the Holy Spirit can come upon you and give you this supernatural ability. And we also learn with that, that that's not to say that the Holy Spirit might anoint or touch your natural ability and there might be a blending of your natural talent and the gift of the Holy Spirit. So it's not to say that those will come together, but gifts in itself, it's not a talent, but supernatural. There's a third thing we learn is that the gifts are unique to who you are. It's not a cookie cutter thing. I mean, if, 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 if God gives you that, that, that gift of teaching, right, it's going to blend with your personality. You're going to be teaching in a way that blends with you. Yet it will be anointed with the Spirit. It'll be, you'll be gifted. People will be listening and learning and hearing God speak uh, through you. But it may come through your own personality, just like we see in the Bible, in the New Testament, as I mentioned last week. Uh, I always like to think of the New Testament as like, or, or the writers of the Bible, the whole Bible is truth through personality. The Holy Spirit inspired them, and what we have in our hands, the Bible, it's, 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 it's through them, but it's God's Word, right? And it has their personality, the way they write. Um, you remember Peter's all over the place. Paul's like, tink, 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 really organized, you know. John's like, love. Love, 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 you know, that kind of thing, right? So they, they have, but it's God's 
word. So the third thing is the gifts are unique to who you are. It's not a cookie cutter thing. It's a unique blend of your personality and the gift. So remember these things as we come into the the list of gifts. The gifts, uh, first of all, are given, not earned. The gifts are not a talent, but supernatural. The gifts are unique to who you are in that blend of your personality. And the last thing we learn, it really goes along with this number two in the outline, the real source. The last thing, number four, is the gifts are his ability, not yours. The gifts are his ability, not yours. That makes it supernatural. That makes it a gifting. That makes it not your talent or not your knowledge, not your education, not how you're trained. But the Holy Spirit comes upon you, gives you this ability. It's his ability, not yours. God is the source of that miracle working power. So we saw that. Number one, we we saw the real experience with the Holy Spirit, what that's about. Number two, the real source. And then we came to number three, the real manifestations. And we learned that the real manifestations of the gifts of the Spirit should not or should always be about helping and serving others and it's not about yourself. You remember that? We ended with that last time. Look up at verse 7. 1 Corinthians 12, 7. Paul said right here, straight to our faces, the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for what? The profit of me? No, the profit of all. To benefit others for the good of the body. So it's not about us. It's not about lifting ourselves up. And if you remember, I mentioned how, you know, the Corinthian church was just chaos, crazy. And on top of that, remember Paul's been dealing with them from the beginning. Hey, you guys are carnal. You guys are worldly. You guys are selfish. So you take those attitudes, mix them up into the worship service and people exercising their gifts. Then the worship service, people were abusing the gifts by exercising them for their own glory. I mean, like worship leaders, they're happy to be on stage. People can see them play rather than leading people to Jesus. People are exercising their gifts to to show how spiritual they were over other people, promoting themselves, puffing themselves up with pride. But we see here in verse 7, the purpose of the gifts are to help, to build up, not show off. So we see Paul bringing us to the real, real foundation of the gifts. Okay, with all that in mind now, he then gives this list of the manifestations of the Spirit. All right, so this is this list. We're still under number three in our outline. We're continuing on here, part two, the real manifestations of the Spirit, the real manifestations. And now we come to verse eight of 1 Corinthians 12. And so here's the list, and here's the first gift. Look at verse eight, the first part. It says, for to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit. Now, we understand through the Spirit. We learned that last week. But isn't it great, Paul says, for to one is given. When he says that, he's talking about how different people are given different gifts. It's not like everyone has the word of wisdom. Everyone doesn't have the same gifts. Everyone has different gifts that God gives. So he's saying, hey, so, so we all have different gifts, but let me, let me give you a list of them. Let me explain to one of them now that is given the word of wisdom. So he starts out with it, with, with the word of wisdom. Now, the word of wisdom is when God instantly imparts his wisdom to resolve, say, tough issues, to bring answers to problems, to give guidance, to give direction. That's the word of wisdom. That would be a definition of what the word of wisdom is. Understand now, biblically, we know that wisdom is knowledge applied. Right? That's a definition I've said before in our studies in Proverbs. When we went through that, we learned wisdom is actually knowledge applied. So to have wisdom is to take God's word, apply it correctly into our lives. And if you take the knowledge, apply it correctly, what does that make you? Wise, right? You have wisdom. And as you grow in the Lord, you gain more wisdom. And, uh, and when you get older, your, your hair gets gray and everything. And the Bible says, because you have wisdom. So I have a lot of wisdom. No, just joking. I don't. But I still have gray hair. <laughs> but understand. It's okay. Uh, I can take it. No. Uh, anyway, but understand this now. The gift 
of wisdom is not like tapping into some vast reservoir that you have because of what you learn in the Lord from the Word of God. No. Remember, it is an anointing of the Holy Spirit that comes on you in a time of need and instantly gives you the right words to say. I think about this, you know, I mean, Jesus, he's God, and when he walked the earth, he was also filled with the Spirit when the dove came down. But a good example is, is Jesus, and, and he has wisdom, but, but he, he knew the right things to say because, well, he's God and everything, right? Well, you remember when the Pharisees tried to trap Jesus in Matthew 22? They came up to him and said, hey, is it, is it really right to pay taxes to Caesar? To the Roman government. Is it really right? And so they're trying to trap him because if Jesus said, yeah, it is right, then say, oh, you're, you're a traitor to the Jews in our nation. You're supporting Rome. If he said no, he could, they could accuse Jesus to Rome that he, he, he's a rebel there. Yeah? He's, he's, not, he's not following your laws and he's coming against the, the Roman government. What did Jesus do? Jesus, in his wisdom, asked, hey, whose face is on the coin? They said, well, Caesar. And remember what he said? Then render to Caesar the things that are Caesar and to God the things that are God's. What an answer. This was the right words to say. It, it, it just dismantled their trap. That's that wisdom we're talking about. So the word of wisdom is wisdom instantly imparted by God with just the right word to say in a supernatural way. That's what the word of wisdom is. The word of wisdom is, is wisdom instantly imparted by God with just the right word to say in a supernatural way. It's those right words that just clicks. and It's, 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 it's something like, oh, that's it, that's it, that's what I need. Thank you, Lord. You know, it's that idea. Proverbs 25 calls that kind of wisdom. Proverbs 25, 11, a word fitly spoken is like apples of gold in settings of silver. I can remember times in, 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 in the worship and prayer times, or, or remember I mentioned in the old days we called them afterglow, you know, and I remember uh, after service or after like a Saturday night concert at Calvary Coastal Mesa, and, and they would have afterglow. So we go into the fellowship hall, and just a group of people, a big group of people would go and they do worship and prayer, and, and people exercise their gifts. And I remember praying for some things. I remember all of a sudden from across the room, someone would give a word of wisdom. It was for me. It was for me. A miracle happened. And it was just amazing. That's the idea. And they said it. It wasn't because, well, let's see, uh, maybe someone. No. It, it like the Spirit put it in their mind. It's like the Spirit popped it in their mind. And, and then they spoke it in faith that it was for someone in that room. It's, it's like that. It's this supernatural thing that happens. The word of wisdom is wisdom instantly imparted by God with just the right word to say in a supernatural way. Let's move on here. Next, Paul says in, in verse 8, the second part, he says, To another, the word of knowledge through the same Spirit. Again, it's the Holy Spirit. That's the source. To another, there's different gifts for different people. And now, next, Paul lists here the word of knowledge. The word of knowledge is when God imparts knowledge that is otherwise beyond their ability to know. That's what makes it supernatural. That makes it a gift the Holy Spirit gives. That's the definition. David Gusick said the word of knowledge is the unique ability to declare knowledge that could only be revealed spiritually or supernaturally. I like that. That's the only way you could know it. So the word of knowledge is information directly given to you by God and by no other human means. <coughs> The word of knowledge is information directly given to you by God and by no other human means. That's the word of knowledge. You know, last uh, September, a group of us, some of you here, we went to Camp Agape in Oahu and we went over there to help out and serve over there while they ministered to the 
kids of incarcerated parents, and, and we were over there. And you know, during the middle of the camp, uh, this 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 lady was walking by, and he and she stopped me and said, oh, she said, "Oh, Pastor Rick, um, can can I pray for you?" I mean, I, I and she had mentioned this before, but she, we just happened to cross paths, and and she goes, "Can can I pray for you right now? I feel like the Lord is wanting me to pray for you." And I said, "Sure." And this lady was heading up the prayer team there at the camp, and so we 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 we. We pulled over, and we weren't driving. We were like, you know, we, we stepped aside, and, and we, we just stopped right there. And she grabbed my hands, and she began to just pray. She began to pray for me. And you know what? I was amazed. The things that she was praying for me about were exactly the same things that God was showing me in my devotions every day that week. Every day. It was so encouraging. I mean, when someone has a word of knowledge, it just encourages. like, wow, Lord. It's not me. It is you. Yeah. How did she know? I mean, specific things, you guys. Specific things that's on my heart. Things that, that I've been kind of wrestling with. Things that God was speaking to me about. She said the exact thing. How does she know that? Does she have a little microphone, you know, in my Bible and a reading? No. It's the Holy Spirit. That is a word of knowledge. God gave her this word as she prayed exactly what I had been learning from God and going through. And, oh, that, that, that touched my heart so much. That was a supernatural moment for me to be with her. And I was so encouraged by the Lord. I was reading another story um, uh, where this uh, Korean woman, uh, when the North and South Korea separated, her and her brother got separated. And after 40 years, the Lord put on her heart a concern for her brother, wondering, where is she? Where is she? And so she, in her prayer time, she started to pray. Maybe I could hook up, find him again. And then she's praying. And, and then she had heard that he had made it to Manchuria. And then, and then she's praying, well, how do I get a hold of him? And, and true story, the Lord gave her this phone number. She called the number, and it was him on the other line, and they hooked up. That's the word of knowledge. I mean, it's humanly impossible for her to do that, right? But the word of knowledge is information directly given to you by God and by no other human means. That's the word of knowledge. Well, let's move on here to the next gift here on the list. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 9. Paul says, now to another, faith by the same Spirit. Paul now lists the gift of faith, basically. That's what we call it, the gift of faith. And the gift of faith is the confidence and ability to trust God when facing impossible circumstances. It's a special kind of faith that's gifted to you when you face impossible circumstances. Now, understand this. This is different from other kinds of faith, like salvation faith. This is not the same thing. Uh, we come to believe in Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior by hearing the Word of God, the Romans tells us, right? And, and so we come to believe, we, we believe that Jesus is Lord God who came to this earth as a man, uh, lived his life here, died on a cross for our sins and rose again from the dead, and he's in heaven now. And we believe that through him, believing in his atonement, what he's done for us, that we can go to heaven, that we can be saved, become a Christian. So that's our faith. That's salvation faith. Well, the gift of faith is not that. There's another kind of faith that is not the gift of faith, and that is trusting in the promises of God. You know, putting your faith on Scripture, like, God, I'm, 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 I'm going to stand on your word. I'm going to put faith and trust in you that you will never leave me nor forsake me. Right? Hebrews 13. God, it's right here in my Bible and I'm going to have faith that you're going to be there through the storm and through this trial that I'm going to. Yeah, that's, that's a different kind of faith. That's a trust in his promises. Trust in what he's saying in his word that he's going to do. God, you said in Philippians 4 that you will supply every need of mine. Lord, I'm going to put my faith in you. That's different from the gift of faith. That's different. And, and really, if you think about it, that kind of faith grows in time, doesn't it? As we grow as Christians, as we mature in faith, we begin to trust God more, trust his word more, trust his protection, his provision. 
vision. Trust more that he is there. Trust more he's working in our life. As the Bible says, trust that, well, he who began a good work in, in me, you know, will complete it. God, I know this isn't the end. I know there's more. That's that kind of faith. Trust in his work. No, the gift of faith is faith that you have for special circumstances. That's what it's talking about. It's a faith that, that goes beyond what you see, beyond what you feel. It's a faith that well, you, you, you just have. I think about it when Jesus said, Luke 17, 6, Jesus said um, this kind of faith, where if you have faith as a mustard seed, you can say to this mulberry tree, be pulled up by the roots and be planted in the sea, and it would obey you. It's, it's the mountain-moving faith. It's that kind of faith that, that you see and you know that impossible can happen and be possible because of God. So the gift of faith is a special faith given for special circumstances. The gift of faith is a special faith given for special circumstances. I'll tell you, the, I, I think the best uh, illustration or the best um, example of this was when uh, something Pastor Chuck Smith told. And he, he told this story in his book, Living Water, which is all on the Holy Spirit. I really recommend it to you. And uh, he was talking about how after one Sunday service, some some young people, he said, wheeled up their grandfather up the aisle where he was standing. And they asked Pastor Chuck to pray for their grandfather. Well, since he was in a wheelchair, Pastor Chuck assumed they wanted him healed so he could walk. So Pastor Chuck prayed. He said, Lord, you are a great God. You can do anything. It's nothing for you to help, whether we are weak or strong. Help us, Lord. We ask now that you would touch this man and that you would heal him. I pray in the name of our Lord Jesus, the name above all names. Now, while he was praying, Pastor Chuck writes that, that he had this huge, this very strong urge to lift the man up out of his wheelchair and command him to walk. Well, at this point in the story, I want to read to you what Pastor Chuck writes. He writes, Now, I admit that I had an argument with the Lord. I thought, Lord, is that you telling me to do this? <laughs> is, is it really you? And I hesitated. I was certain. I don't normally go around lifting people out of wheelchairs. Yet, Pastor Chuck says, it was such a strong impression, I finally did it. He said this, the Lord gave me the faith to ask that man to be healed and then command him to walk. Chuck says, when, when I said amen, I lifted up, I lifted the man to his feet and said, now in the name of Jesus, walk. And the man began to walk. And he writes in parentheses, too much, too, too much great relief. <laughs> I like that. He walked up the aisle and then trotted back. His grandkids got so excited, they were almost doing handstands. Then the grandkids exclaimed, Oh, you know what? He had a cold and we wanted you to pray that God would heal his cold. <laughs> he hasn't walked for five years. Pastor Chuck writes, I'm, I was glad they hadn't told me that before. <laughs> Interesting, yeah? God gave him that faith to pray and to then lift the man up and command that. Amazing. That's the gift of faith. Now, understand this. The story goes on. He writes, later that same week, Pastor Chuck, he was in Arizona. He was speaking at a church. And after service, a man came up front, pushing his wife in a wheelchair. She had suffered a stroke and wanted prayer to be able to walk again. Pastor Chuck, he writes, of course, I immediately thought of the previous Sunday morning. I laid hands on her and prayed that God would heal her. I tried to pray the same prayer I had prayed on Sunday. I racked my brain thinking, now what did I say? When I was through, I patted her on the shoulder, encouraged her to continue to trust the Lord and watch her husband wheel her out of the church. My son, Pastor Chuck says, Chuck, Chuck Jr., who had been with me the previous Sunday morning, asked, Dad, why didn't you lift her out of the chair like you did the guy last Sunday morning? And I replied, Son, the Lord didn't give me the faith to do it. See, the Lord gives the faith at the moment when he wants that 
to be done. It's a gift, right, for that particular situation or circumstances. Well, let's move on here in verse 9. He says, to another gifts of healings by the same Spirit. Okay, here is the gift of healings. And we understand that, right? We just read about it too. It's when God gives the ability and power to heal. Now, I like something here. Paul writes a gift of healings. It's plural. And I believe it's not just talking about different diseases or different ailments or different things. I believe it's not just physical, but it could be mental healing. It could be emotional healing. It could be even a spiritual healing. Now, understand, though, right, when you pray for healing, sometimes it, it doesn't happen immediately. Sometimes it doesn't even happen at all. Uh, sometimes you've got to go through the process, going doctor, have, have surgery, being treated, uh, taking medication, all of that. Why is that? Because God has a, a, a will and a plan for each individual concerning healing. So we understand that about healing. But with the gift of healing now, it's a, it's a power to heal someone uh, uh, by, just by prayer, just by, just by do, exercising that gift. But understand, too, the gift of healing is not to be used like some weapon. Yeah, like, well, I'm going to pull it out and heal sickness anytime you wish. No, remember, it's according to God's prompting. It's according to his will. It's being led by the Holy Spirit, like Pastor Chuck's story, yeah? Where the man, the grandfather was healed, but not this woman who had the stroke. It's according to all of God's sovereign plan. So the gift of healings is a special power to heal according to God's will and timing. The gift of healings is a special power to heal according to God's will and timing. Now, through all the years being a pastor, I, I prayed for many people, laid hands and prayed for them. People come up after church or I go to their house and, and sometimes, you know what, God heals them. I have moments where I pray for someone and all of a sudden, whoa, their, their symptoms are gone right there in front of me. I, I never uh, see anyone walk, you know, or anything like that. I, I, I don't think I have that faith. But anyway, <laughs> but God will give it to me when time comes, right? But anyway, I, I've seen God do things. And so sometimes immediate, sometimes it might be later. One pastor shared about a woman in his church who was suffering from a serious heart disease. She was facing a major surgery and so asked for prayer. So the pastor went to her house with her assistance, laid hands on her, and prayed for her. Did something happen right then? No. But you know what? The next day when she went in for a pre-op exam, the doctor was surprised and told her that the problem was gone. And so he canceled the surgery. God heals people still. And those with, that God gives the gift of healing, it happens. It happens. It's not you, but it's, it's the Holy Spirit. And it's led by the Holy Spirit. All right, 1 Corinthians 12, 10 now. Paul then brings this in. He says, to another, the working of miracles. The working of miracles. Paul now here adds to the list the working of miracles. And the word miracles is, is the Greek word uh, dynamis. Dynamis, where we get the word dynamite. Yeah. And really, miracles means acts of power. Yeah, uh, the power of God working. So uh, the, the working of miracles or, or the gift of miracles is, is the Holy Spirit. It's when the Holy Spirit overrides the laws of nature or even logic. Now understand, Paul is listing this. Paul is bringing this in this list. And, and it's not some magic so, show. It's not some occultic thing that's happening. Remember he said in the beginning that, hey, the real experience with the Spirit is those who glorify Jesus. So it's, it's not some weird kind of thing. But it's there for the purpose of glorifying Jesus, helping people to glorify God and trust God more. This gift can work with the gift of faith, the gift of healing, and many of the other gifts. But this gift is God using a person. 
But it's not the person. It's, it, it, it's God doing it. And it's not for his own glory, but it's for the glory of God, though some people I have seen on TV try and take the glory for themselves. And sometimes I wonder if it's real. And we've seen reports of that in the past of, you know, some charlatans out there who got caught. So the gift of miracles is the power of God flowing to an individual to perform miracles for God's glory and witness. The gift of miracles is the power of God flowing to an individual to perform miracles for God's glory and witness. And I say witness because, because you're, you're glorifying God. You're, you're showing the works of God, right? That as people, as, the, as, as we shine the light, yeah, and through our works and, and the works and miracles can shine that light. Matter of fact, that's what Paul wrote in Romans 15, 19. He said, in mighty signs and wonders by the power of the Spirit of God so that from Jerusalem and round about the uh, Illyricum, I have fully preached the gospel of Christ. As he preached the gospel, also signs and wonders followed just how Jesus had promised. And that was a witness to the people that what Jesus or what Paul was preaching was true and real. So the gift of miracles is that power of God flowing through an individual, performing miracles for God's glory and witness. Let me ask you this morning, do you believe in miracles? Yes, I do. I have seen so many in my life, countless. I have seen so many that I've forgotten, and I wish I wrote down each one. I have seen so many that I'm so shamed before the Lord when I don't trust Him, yeah? When I'm like the Israelites in, in the wilderness, you know, right after the Red Sea complaining, oh, God, we're going to die out here. Where's the water, yeah? I'm so ashamed I've seen so many. God has done over and over miracles. I, I, I wake up every day to a miracle we're living in right now. God blessed us with our own house through the heart of my wife's uh, father. That's a miracle. We could never afford the thing. Our, our, our house would be a shack. You know? <laughs> but, but God did a miracle. I, I see him. All the time. I look out here and I see miracles all over. You know why? Because none of us would not be here except for Jesus. And that's a miracle that we're saved, that we're alive, that we're able to have a relationship, come church, worship, be with Jesus and hear his voice. That's a miracle, right? We see countless miracles. I believe in miracles and God can do miracles. If we believe that, let me ask you this. Are you open to be used to bring a miracle? Are you open to that? That God can actually use you. Maybe with one of the gifts we're, we're, we're covering. Maybe God will give you a gift of faith. And at one time, in one situation, you know without a doubt, oh, God is showing you, yeah, and you pray for the individual. Or you pray for healing. Or, 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 or you, you know, you're praying and you have a word of knowledge. Do you believe in, in a miracle? I'll tell you, the miracle is, in, I, I don't know if you guys experienced this, but, you know, we're in a worship service and, and, and sometimes... You know, you're sitting there and it's like, God gives you this, this word, yeah? And you know, then, then I'm like, Pastor Chuck, God, is that you? Or is that me? Oh, I don't know. I'm scared. Should I say it? You know? Yeah? But then, oh, God, I'm going to be faithful. Well, I'm going to say, I really think it is you. And you, you pray the word or you say the word, right? And then what happens? Oh, later after service, someone comes out, hey, that was for me. And I go, whoo, thank you, Lord. That was a miracle. That's the miracles that happen during those kinds of services. That's, that's amazing thing that we see. Are you open to being used to bring a miracle? God working through you. I'll tell you, in this study, I believe God is calling all of us to be more open than ever before, more open to his Holy Spirit, learning that these things are real, that these things are possible, that this is for today, and that God wants to work in our body with each other. He wants to use us for his glory. The Holy Spirit, he wants to fill you, come upon you, baptize you, and give you gifts. Are you open to these miracles let's be open to what the lord wants to do in our lives billy graham said this as we approach the end of the age and this was hitting me 
Billy Graham said, I believe we will see a dramatic reoccurrence of signs and wonders which will demonstrate the power of God to a skeptical world. Just as the powers of Satan are being unleashed with greater intensity, so I believe God will allow signs and wonders to be performed. That was hitting my heart. You know, I've been reading many articles recently uh, about there's this... The, huge occurrence of the occultish stuff going on, of, 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 of exorcisms that Catholic priests are performing. I mean, just huge amounts. There's, there's some commotion going on in the evil world, in the spirit world with, the, with Satan and his demons. But I like what Billy Graham said as we're approaching this end of the age in which I believe where we're at. God wants to counteract that and have us be witnesses and have, use us to bring miracles, the light of God into this dark world and help people come to know Jesus Christ. Are we open? We need to be. We need to be. Let's go on now. In verse 10, to another prophecy. To another prophecy. Now, the gift of prophecy is when God gives a special word or prediction uh, to a person to say. That's the simple definition. Now, understand this. This is not adding to the Bible, the Word of God. You know what? The apostles already took care of all of that. You, no need anymore. It's Paul, you know. Yeah, no need. We have it. The complete Scripture, it's, it's complete, the revelation of God. But what is the gift of prophecy? Well, this is a special message God wants a person or maybe the church to hear this can be predictive it can be be directed it can be convicting whatever that is it can be predictive in that it's a future event but the gift of prophecy is when God gives a special message or prophetic word that is spoken through a person the gift of prophecy is when God gives a special message or prophetic word that is spoken through a person. So God would give them this word, this prophetic word, uh, the, uh, and, and just speak it. And, and it, it, it'll be the Lord. Understand, too, that any word, whether it's, it's, it's a prophecy or a word of knowledge, word of wisdom, does not go against the word of God, right? Because it's the Holy Spirit gifting it. If it does, we talked about that last time, then it, you know what? It's not the Lord, yeah? Because it would not go uh, uh, in contrary to the word. So the gift of prophecy is when God gives a special message or prophetic word that is spoken through a person. You know, I was thinking back, I remember um, before I went on staff at a Calvary Chapel in the mainland, uh, after the first of the years, right in January, I, I was reading a book. It was called Through the Gates of Splendor by Elizabeth Elliot. And it's one of my favorite books. It's about her husband and a, a group of guys in, uh, was it 50s, late 50s or so? I forget. Went, went to Ecuador to try and reach an unreached tribe in the jungles over, over there. And... Uh, uh, it was a wonderful story and it just inspired me and I, I was like I, and when I finished the book I, I, and they were martyred and everything but then the family went back and they witnessed and the tribe got saved it's, it's, a, it's a great book anyway I got super inspired so I, I told my wife Krista and I said that's it we're getting out here Let's go. We're going to be missionaries. We're out of here. I'm, like, I'm tired of this place. I'm tired of the, 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 the worldly Christians. I'm tired of people not really wanting Jesus and not when you really want to be alive. Let's just get out of here. We're going to be missionaries. Let's go. I want to be like them. I don't want to die, but I want to be like them, right? <laughs> the Lord spoke to me and said, no, not now. No, your mission field is right here in this valley that you're living. And I said, okay, Lord. No, I said, oh, all right, all right, God, okay. But you know what? About a month or so later, we were just unloading. Um, I was playing on a worship team, and we were unloading equipment for practice out of a car. And, 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 and one of the guys we were, we were unloading, all of a sudden stopped, and he, he just looked at me. And I'm looking at him. And he said, God is going to use you. He was saying it like, like in a special way. And it was one of those moments, you know, where, 
where, I mean, it was just a few seconds, but it was one of those moments where, like, you know, like in the movies, time stops. The background, everyone's frozen, <laughs> right? The cars have stopped. And that's what it felt like all of a sudden. And his words, like, like were, 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 like, big, you know, were, like, strong in me. I was like, whoa, wow. And then whoop, the clock started and we went on, you know. I was like, like oh. So I, I like, like um, Mary did, she, she put them into her heart and pondered those words. That, that's what I was, I go, whoa, what is that? Then another month or so later, I was in a foyer, and uh, it was just him and I, and I was talking story with the assistant pastor at the church there, and suddenly he, he just, we're in the middle of a conversation, he goes, you know, Rick, God, God wants to use you. He wants, he wants to use you. He's going to use you. He, he has a plan. And it was like another moment, like, whoa, whoa, what was that? Where did that come from, right? And then a few months after that, uh, my wife got a call from an old friend, an old neighbor friend, who was driving down the freeway. The Lord gave a word for me, and as soon as she got home, she had to call. I wasn't home. And give her that word, and, and uh, Kristen shared it with, with me. And you know what? About two or three, two months later, I was on staff at the church there full time. It was the Lord doing this. It was a gift of prophecy. It was God giving a special message, a prophetic word through people that, that the Lord was giving to me. I love the story of Pastor Chuck. He was in a small prayer meeting, and, and um, uh, a, a word of prophecy came out, and they were, all of a sudden they were laying hands on Chuck, and, and the word was that Chuck would be a shepherd of many flocks, and the church would be known throughout the world. Now understand, when that prophecy came, the church was only like 20, 25 people. Chuck had just taken, they asked Chuck to take over this small, little, little tiny, dying church. If, if Chuck didn't take it, they're going to close the doors. And if you look at Calvary Chapels now, there's, there's over a thousand in the U.S., you know, uh, almost a thousand in the world. And that Calvary Chapel, Costa Mesa, blossomed during the Jesus movement, yeah, to like 15,000, yeah. God does miracles. And he gives that gift of prophecy. Well, let's go on here. So uh, verse 10 now, he says, To another discerning of spirits. Paul says here the gift, he speaks about this now, the gift of discerning spirits, or we say many times today, the gift of discernment. The gift of discernment. It's, uh, it, it, the gift of discernment is to distinguish between the false and the true in spiritual matters. Now, it's like someone may say a word, and, and it may be like, no, that's not the Lord. That's discernment, you know. That's seeing, uh, uh, no, someone may be saying that, but you know in your spirit, the spirit tells you, no, that's, that's not the Lord. And we know that because Satan can come in, demons can come in trying to give a word and uh, a, a lie and false things. We know in 2 Corinthians eleven fourteen it says Satan, tra Satan himself transforms himself into an angel of light. Yeah? He pretends like speaking for God, but it's not. Yeah? It's not the Lord. So the gift of discernment or of discerning spirits is when God reveals what is of him and what is not of him. So we understand you have discernment. You, 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 you kind of know. And understand, this, is, this isn't just like street smarts, you know. This isn't like, hey, I, I, I can tell what this person's like. It's not that. It's actually God telling you clearly something, yeah, about something or even someone. I remember, well, I think about this. Time to time, people walk into the church and, and certain individuals, suddenly I get this feeling like something's not right. Something's not right. I mean, they seem like the nicest Christian. Seems like they're, they're great, everything. Not, you know, but I just, it's like the Lord saying, hey. And I don't really know that much about them. And they, they look perfect and beautiful and, and their talk and they seem like their character. But the Lord just says something. Later comes out that, well, they were really here, fleeced the flock. Um, or they wanted to use their talent and gift to lift themselves up. And, and so people would look at them. It happens. It's some, it, this gift is it's something I don't claim to have, but sometimes God will just 
put that upon you. You know, that's what it is. That's that gift of discernment, discerning of spirits, um, when God reveals what is of him and what is not of him. All right, verse 10. There's two gifts here. I'm going to say them together. To another, uh, to another, different kinds of tongues. To another, the interpretation of tongues. Now, these two gifts go hand in hand. So I'm putting this together. And also, we're going to really talk a lot about this in chapter 14. Because there's a problem going on in the church with the gift of tongues. And so we're going to get into that then. But just, just, to, just to define it here, the gift of tongues is speaking a language unknown to the receiver, basically. Yeah, you don't know. The Holy Spirit just gives you this language. And it's a really primarily the gift of tongues is a personal prayer language that the believer with the Holy Spirit gifting him, can communicate and pray to God through the Holy Spirit. It's primarily for your own private devotional times, your own private person, but the Lord will use it in worship services, but with restrictions. And we're going to learn about that in chapter 14. I mean, this is a miracle. Yeah, when one is really gifted in it, 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 it has nothing to do with you because you don't know what the language is. You don't really know what it is, uh, but it's the Holy Spirit. Now, when this is exercised in a worship service, there has to be someone with the gift of interpretation where someone will speak in a tongue and then another person will give the interpretation to what was spoken in that language. So it's, it's important that, that when a, a, a tongue is given, that there's interpretation given. And we're gonna, again going to learn a lot about that in 1 Corinthians 14. But that's the idea. That's the idea with these two gifts. One thing before we go on is that notice that Paul says, to another different kinds of tongues. To another, which means not everyone speaks in tongues, right? So he's saying to one is this, to another is this, to one is this gift, to another. Is we don't all have the same gifts. We may have multiple gifts. We, God may give us multiple ones, but we don't all speak in tongues. And let me tell you straight up, it's unbiblical to say, hey, if you don't speak in tongues, you haven't been baptized in the Spirit. That's not what we're reading and seeing here in Scripture. Again, more about that in 1 Corinthians 14. We'll get into that. So here are the nine gifts of the Holy Spirit listed here that Paul put. Again, there's more in Ephesians and Romans. And so he lists these things, and now he comes to verse 11, the last verse this morning. He says, But one in the same Spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as he wills. So he brings it together, what we learned last week, that it's the one and same Spirit who works all these things. God is the source. Holy Spirit is the source, right? Jesus, the Lord, God is the source in all these gifts, and they, and the Holy Spirit now distributes. He gives it out to each one individually, and look at the very end. The last three words is what? Verse 11, as he wills. You do not choose your gift or gifts God chooses them for you God gives it to you God wills when he wants you to exercise it God that's why we have to be submitted remember last week I talked about we got to be connected to the spirit and we want to be submitted to the spirit to do his bidding not abusing the gifts so you do not choose your gift or gifts God chooses them for you as he wills. Uh, it's not like, you know, you look at this list of nine gifts and you go, hmm, which one do, do I like? Hmm, which one do I, hmm, what, what suits me? You know, like picking out clothes, you know, at the store. Hmm, which one would fit me, you know? You know, I, I like the prophecy thing. God, I want that one. Can you give me with that one? Give me with that one. This one. I, I like that one. I'm going to tell people what's in their future, you know. No, that's not the way it, it works. God does the choosing. It is his will, his infinite wisdom, his sovereign plan over us that's going to gift you with particular gift that he wants you to have. What's our job? Our job is to be open to whatever God would like. Whatever it is, yeah. God, why? Why? 
Why did you give me the gift of tongues? I don't even understand what I say, you know. No, it, it, uh, no, it's actually a beautiful thing. It's a miracle that happens. But, hey, you, you know what? It's not about you, right? It's about the Lord. It's about what he wants to do in you and in your life. And I'll tell you what, he wants to do in you and in your life is better than anything that you would want to do. Our job is just to be open and submitted. But how many of us have self standing in the way? How many of us say in our minds like, well, I, I don't know, Pastor Rick. This is, I don't know. I come from more a conservative church, you know. Uh, we, we didn't believe in the gifts, and I, I, can't, I can't really accept this. That's okay. That's all right. But I'm asking you, think about it just a moment. Think about it for a little bit. Think about what God wants to do in your life. Don't limit the Lord in your life. Just think about it. Think about it. Sometimes we're, we're so caught up in our own wants and, and desires, and even in our own opinions, or that is so huge that, that even our opinions, even, even our thoughts, even us, it's not submitted to the Lord. Yeah? And we keep butting heads with the Lord. We're like the people of Israel, stiff-necked, stubborn. Yeah? That will limit God in your life. But God wants to do a supernatural work in your life. He does. He wants to gift you with things. He wants to move in this way like you're just in awe, like, wow, Lord, I, I, it's not me. It's all you. Wow. And when you experience things like that, you're like, Lord, I believe. God, oh, it's amazing. It's part of our relationship with the Lord. He has gifts or a gift for you. Are you open or are you just letting it lie there? I'll close with this thought. In one article I read said that $44 million of gift cards are not being used. A senior analyst with CardHub said people are letting cash slip away they could be using because they get a gift card or as a present or buy one and they just put it to the side. $44 million. The CEO of Low Card said people get these cards and often put them away in a drawer and then forget about them. And that's too bad. Well, it's too bad when we just sit there and not allow God to gift us or letting our gifts lay when God wants us to use them, when God wants to use us, when God wants to give it to us. Where is your heart? Just sitting there? Are you open to the moving of the Spirit in your life? God wants to do this miracle so, so he can use you. Others would be blessed. Let me ask you this. Do you believe he can? I do. I do. I believe he can. I've seen it in my own life. I've told you stories. And I believe he can do it in your life. I'm not more important. I'm not no better. I know many of you, the Spirit has worked in incredible ways. He wants to use every, each and every one of us. Maybe what's holding you back is the sin of unbelief. Maybe it's sin altogether. What's quenching the spirit in your life? Well, let's repent. Let's go before the Lord. Let's make it right. And let's all be open to the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Let's pray. Lord, as we come before you, you know what? Let's all stand. Lord, as we stand before you, God, we stand for you. And we acknowledge that you are Lord God. Jesus, you, you came to this earth from heaven. And you walked this earth. You died on the cross, Lord, as a man for our sins. You rose again from the dead so that you can purchase our salvation, so that you can conquer this, so that now as we believe in you, God, we can stand before you as people who believe in you, who are saved by you, and have new life in you. And God, in this new life, you have given us your Holy Spirit to come live in within us. He's the one who regenerated us. He's the one who's bringing fruit in our lives. And he's the one who comes upon us to baptize us with gifts of the Spirit. And Lord, as we stand before you, forgive us, God, for resisting. Forgive us for limiting you. Forgive us, Lord, for trying to figure this out in our mind and logic when it doesn't make sense. Lord, 
but help us just to be open to your will. Whatever you will, God, whether you gift us, whether you don't, whether you give us a certain gift, whether you don't, whether you gift, give us the gift of tongues, whether you don't. Whatever that is, Lord, we are open to you for you to work in our lives, Lord. God, we don't want to live in our, with our own means and our own strength no more. We want to be, be living with the fullness of Christ inside of us and with, with the gifts of the Spirit being exercised in us being used for your glory to reach this dying world, to reach people around us, to help each other out as a body. Lord, we, we want to be all that you want us to be like you, Jesus, and to be walking in the Spirit and to be filled and gifted in the Spirit. So, Lord, we stand today, God, with our heart open with our arms open, ready to receive from you what you would want. And so, Lord, I just pray for everyone in here right now that as even we're standing here, and, you, you, and this is what you told us, God, that all we need to do is ask, Lord. All we need to do is ask and your spirit will come upon us. All we need to do is ask, Lord, and we ask for your spirit to come upon us right now. And as the spirit wills, may he gift us, Lord. And as the spirit wills, Lord, may, may we have the strength and power and ability, God. And may we see, Lord, miracles be happening, Lord, in our lives, Lord. Not just this moment, but every day. So, Lord, I pray for each and every person today that they would meditate on these things we talked about, that they would think about it, that they would be open to you. And, Lord, when time comes, Lord, may you touch them, gift them, move in their life, and may you move in all of our lives like never before. And may we experience you, God, like never before. May we go deeper, Lord, in our relationship with you like never before. And may we love you, God, more and more like never before. And it's not for us, Lord, but it's for your glory, God, for you are our Lord God, Jesus Christ, in your name. Amen. Let's worship.